Pesach is around the corner. And the very simple question is, why the holiday is called Pesach? Or why is the carbon, for that matter, called carbon Pesach? Now you might be thinking, oh, come on. I've read the Haggadah hundreds of times, and the question is an old question. Pesach al-Shema. What's the basis for the name Pesach? Why is it called Pesach? What's the purpose? And the answer as well is a very old answer, not only explicitly written in the Haggadah, but explicitly written in the Torah. The Torah already explains that Hashem jumped over the houses. Pesach apparently means Passover. Hashem passed over the houses. He skipped over the houses during Makas Pechoros and spared the Bnei Israel. And so it's as simple as that. But is it as simple as that? If you look closely in the Torah, the very first time that we find the mention of the word Pesach, at least in the context of this holiday in Karbon, it's really preceding the description of Makas Bechoros. Before we even find out what Hashem was planning to do during Makas Bechoros, the Torah already, in its own isolated context, refers to the Karbon by the name that we know it as Pesach. And where is that context? The Torah is describing the rules and regulations of the carbon, the manner in which the carbon is supposed to be eaten. And then at that point it says, That you should eat it in haste. It is a Pesach to Hashem. But the question is, what before the context of Makas Bechoros is the basis for using the name Pesach? And you could say that it's being named based on what's going to take place very, very soon. But it waits a couple of psukim before telling us that. The Torah gives us the name of the offering, and we're left in the dark, as it were, as to what the meaning of the, of the karbon is, until a couple of psukim later when Hashem says, oh, and here's, you know, here's what's going to happen, I'm going to jump over your houses. So up until that point, what is this Pesach, this Passover, this Pasachol to Hashem? So... Beyond that, another question you might consider is why the entire carbon in, and the holiday are named after one plague, one maka that took place. You might argue it's the main maka, it's the main plague, but why does the Torah want us to see that as the, as the headquarters for the naming of the holiday? Something also to consider. And while we are here, what is the real meaning of the word Pesach? So we'll address these questions as we enter another dimension. One not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Drash, and Sod. So journey with me into a mystifying paradise of Pesach and imagination, which we call the Pesach Pardes. Welcome to Pesach Pardes, or Pesach Paradise, here at the Database of Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. Indeed, it is a Pesach edition of our Parsha Pardes, and if you enjoy Shuram like this and others, and you want to partner up with us here at the Database to either give a sponsorship, or you just have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations, and want to reach out to ask here at the Database, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com, to comment or to make your sponsorship today. So now coming back to our question. So part of the question, once again, is why, before we even get to Makas Bechoros, we have this name Pesach, which seems to suggest that there is additional, perhaps, significance and meaning to the name Pesach. And indeed, if you look at Rashi, there are a couple of famous Rashis that describe the meaning of this carbon and the, na- the basis for the name. However, there is a Rashi that I feel like many perhaps have overlooked or perhaps never even noticed in their entire lives. So in terms of the name Pesach, so one of the more known Rashi's is when the Torah is actually describing what Hashem will do during Makas Bechoros, so Rashi tells us in the name of Menachem ben Saruk, 
that the word Pesach, um, based on a Pasuk in Yeshayahu, Lamed Aleph Hey, has a Lashon of Chemla, it means mercy, Hashem is saying, I'm going to have mercy on you. And then Rashi, um, in, um, in his own name, says, but I, I believe that the word actually means to skip over, it's a Lashon of Dilug, Psicha is a Lashon of skipping over, it's a Lashon of passing over, and Rashi is clearly saying, at least at this point, that it's named based on what Hashem is doing, that in fact Hashem is jumping over the houses, the pshat with which we are most familiar. Now, if you look closely, there is an earlier Rashi which gives another meaning to the name of the Karban, and that's the Rashi on the Pusik that we cited earlier, which I will cite in full in just a moment. That Pusik could be found in Shmos Yud Bey's Pusuk Yud Aleph, that's 1211 in Parsha's bow. The Kacha Tochluo, so and here's how you shall eat it. Masnechem Chagurim, your belts should be tightened on you, your, your loins girded. Your shoes on your feet, your staves in your hand, you should eat it in haste. It is a Pesach for Hashem. So, what does Rashi tell us here? Pesach Hashem. He starts off with the with again the pshat that we're familiar with. The carbon is named after the skipping and the jumping. That Hashem would jump over the houses of the Bnei Israel. He would go, from, you know, for example, imagine if there were three houses, and whether was on on each side there are Egyptian houses, and the house of the Jew is in the middle. Hashem would jump from one Egyptian house to the next Egyptian house. And as the Pasuk says, it's a Pesach Hula Hashem, it is for Hashem. Therefore, you should now do all of your Avodah L'Shem Shemayim. That's the first shot. But then listen to Rashi's second shot. Davar Acher, another approach. Derech It is in the way, the manner of skipping and jumping. Zecher Kori Pesach. So, what exactly does Rashi mean? It is the way of, it is the manner of that the manner in which you perform the karban is in a way of skipping and jumping. What does that mean? So if you look really closely, the Bechar Shor explains, also similarly to Rashi, that Pesach is a lashon of dilug and mehirus, skipping and quickness, a sense of urgency, the urgency that we see in the word chipazon. And similarly, the Nitziv, giving Pshat on the same Pasuk, says that, yes, Hashem skipped over the doors. Now, we, at least at the original Karban Pesach, we ate it like someone who was eating at the doorway, right? You have your shoes on, you got your belt on, you got your walking stick, you're ready to go out. So just, Alpi Pasha Pshat, we have another significance to the name Pesach, at least the original Pesach. We'll come back to this point. But the original Pesach in Mitzrayim was named not just after the jumping and skipping that Hashem did, but the manner in which Hashem wanted us to eat it, like someone who is moving with a sense of urgency, someone who's like, who's on his toes, someone who's hopping, as it were. And if you think about it, this meticulousness with which Hashem is demanding that we eat the carbon, so it actually parallels Hashem's meticulousness with us. Imagine when someone's rushing through an area. He has to be quick and on his feet to avoid collision with anyone that he doesn't want to hit in the path. Now, Hashem was meticulous and urgent. You could almost argue neurotic not to hit us. And in the same way, Hashem is demanding that the Bnei Israel, they be neurotic, they be quick and on their feet and urgent when they are doing this karban, being ready and ready to go, ready to go immediately. And yet, there is a remez. This remez is offered by the Moshav Zikanim in Parshas Emor, as early as the Moshav Zikanim in the Wabali Tosfos, and it's also repeated famously by the Arizal in the Priyat Chaim. And what is Pesach? 
It's a combination of two words, Pesach, the mouth of conversation, the mouth that speaks. The question is, why is that significant? There are a lot of different suggestions about how Pesach is the, the, the essence of Pesach and the way we observe it especially is all about the, the, the mouth that speaks. We spend the entire Leil Pesach, the, the Seder night, speaking, telling the story and describing all the things that we do. But the question is, what does this have to do with Hashem skipping over our houses or us eating quickly with our shoes on our feet? Like, how does that additional remez in the name Pesach get back to at least the push-up shot of what Pesach means? What do the two have to do with each other? And then we hit another wall when we, when we move over to Drash. Because the Gemara in Psachim and Daft Tzadivav explains that there's an essential difference between, or I should say many essential differences, between the Pesach Mitzrayim and the Pesach Ladoros. The Pesach, the carbon Pesach that we offered in the Beis Amigdosh was quite different from the Pesach that was offered in Mitzrayim. So for example, a great, um, a, a, a great um, act of symbolism that we did originally was we put the blood of the carbon Pesach on the doorways of the house and we smeared it with the Azo of the hyssop. We don't do that anymore. And imagine, we know that we're supposed to see ourselves in every generation as though we are leaving Egypt, and yet we do things very differently. It's built into the system, um, and it's, um, it's baked into the proverbial cake, obviously not the real one, that might be chametz, unless you're describing a matzah cake, but it's baked into the cake that we don't do things exactly in the same way when we left Egypt, and yet we're supposed to see ourselves as we, though we were there, right? Because one of the big differences is we don't put blood on the doorway anymore. The Gemara in Pesachim describes at length many of the things that we do differently. And one of the main things that we do differently, the hallmark of the Pesach the Mitzrayim was that we ate at Bechipazon with our walking sticks, with the belts on, with the shoes on, and that's not something that we have the, you know, the, the hanhaga of doing anymore. And it's strange when we consider once again what the goal is. How do we place ourselves there today considering the differences between the Pesach Ladoros and the Pesach Mitzrayim? Because if Pesach to them meant that we, do, we eat it in a way of Pesach, we eat it in a manner of Pesach, so then how about today? When we're not eating it in the same manner, we're just eating it to remember that Hashem jumped over the houses, but then how do we connect back to the original Pesach where we're seeing ourselves as though we were, are, are leaving if once again we're doing it in a very different way? And with this, we have to move over to Sod. And the Sod takes us back to our Remez. The Remez we suggested earlier is that Pesach, the mouth that speaks. This apparently is the mission of Pesach, the way we observe it today. And we see this in so many different places. The Zohar mentions that Moshe Rabbeinu's Dibor was in Gullus during the time of Mitzrayim. Right? When, they were, when they were in Gullus, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't talk. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't talk. And we know that, um, and something that we mentioned in, in earlier um, Shurim, is that we were in Gullus from Lashon Hara, the Dibasam Ra of Yosef, and the Lashon Hara that was spoken against Moshe that, um, that, 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 that he killed the Egyptian. The major says, I understand why you're in Gullus. You're in Gullus because he spoke Lashon Hara. And we know that Moshe Rabbeinu himself spoke Lashon Hara against the Bnei Yisrael, that they're not going to believe in me. The whole Gullus of Mitzrayim surrounds the mouth. The word paro, one of the Ramazim in paro, is that it's a combination of the words pe-ra, a bad mouth. And not only that, but the back-breaking labor, the avodas perach, perach, the Gemara in Pesachim, andaf kuf, um, kuf chaf, 120, kuf chaf amin says that perach stands for a soft mouth. 
Meaning they, they sweet-talked us and they were soft with us until eventually the gullus got so intense for us that we could hardly bear it. When we were in gullus, we did not even have a mouth to speak. We did not know how to speak properly. We were definitely not free over our mouths, but we were perhaps controlled by our own mouths, and our mouths could hardly um, or hardly be controlled by us. We didn't have the power to speak. We didn't have the kalach adibor anymore because we had misused it and abused it. And then, like, a, like mamish slavery, like mamish slaves, we were unable to speak up for ourselves. We just cried out, and it's not Hashem, but we couldn't even communicate words. So think about the difference between the Avodah then and the Avodah today. Our job on the very first Pesach was to show our sense of urgency for Hashem, especially for what He did for us, that we had to act and be there, to act and do what we needed to do. But our job today is to talk about it as if we were there. But the emphasis is on the speech. Right? Where's the chipazon, the kfitza, the dilog, the urgency of Pesach today? The urgency of the being on our toes can be found in our careful choice of words. The hypersensitive and neurotic urgency that we need to have with our speech. And what do we do with our speech on Pesach night? We use our speech for invitation. We use our power of speech to ask questions, to think and ask questions that perhaps we wouldn't ask if we were not thinking. We use our speech to answer questions. We use our speech for storytelling, to give shevach and praise to Hashem, and even more praise to Hashem. We survived, think about this, we survived the Gullus of Mitzrayim because Hashem rejected the Lashon Hara, the true claim that the adversary could make about us that we did not deserve it, Halalu of Devarazara. Despite what could have been said about us and what was said by the, by the Midas Hadin, Hashem accepted us and not the Lashon Hara that was being spoken about us. Dibor is the complement to the Chipazon. It is thoughtful. We do things with carefulness. We jump at doing it. And now we rely on Dibor to connect us to the Mesora and to each other, something that we lacked in Egypt. We, we lacked connection. We lacked Mesora. Through our Dibor, we connect to the Mesora. Through Dibor, we are able to place ourselves back there at the original Pesach. No, we don't put the blood on our doorways. And no, we don't eat it with our walking sticks in hand. But as we are observing Pesach today, we speak and speak about it so we can place ourselves back there and using our mouths in absolutely the most pristine and proper way. Through Pesach, the mouth that speaks, we are able to place ourselves back in the doorways of where we live, back in, back in Mitzrayim. We're able to place ourselves back at the time when Hashem jumped over us. We're able to place ourselves back so that we can fulfill Let's use our mouths the right way and we will be not only Zoha to see ourselves as though we are leaving the Gullus, but we should ultimately be able to leave that Gullus. And thank you for joining us here at the database.